Hi. Howdy, partner. Howdy. I'm Julian. <laughs> and I'm Tom. You're Cowboy Tom. You can't say howdy and then not introduce yourself as Cowboy Tom. I think I'm going to be Rancher Tom. I feel like that's more appropriate. I don't know if I could be an actual cowboy, but I could sit on a ranch. Okay. Rancher Tom, uh, together <laughs> with Julian, who's just a normal person, we are Team Binge. And you are joining us for episode three of a little TV show called Outer Range. Thanks for coming back. Uh, we appreciate all of you that have reached out with your theories. Uh, we look forward to discovering more of your twisted minds through your weird <laughs> theories about a show that is, I would say, getting a little bit weirder. Um, the nice thing is how I feel the show goes, Tom, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I would say for about, uh, how long is the show? Is it 45 minutes? Uh, this one was 45 minutes. I think the first two were closer to an hour. Okay. So, and if I could say, um, we appreciate the fan theories. Very good. But we had a specific, uh, tangent of our audience that was doing a lot of fan theories about the, uh, wall of erotica. While we appreciate it, it was a little, little too much. So let's just pan that down a little bit. Uh, and let's focus on either the wall of owls or the central hole mystery, please. That's true. That's fair. So PSA. We... Listen, we enjoy original artwork as much as the next person. We enjoy self-portraits as much as the next person. Um, but as I said, the human body just needs to be fully clothed at all times. That's uh, how I was raised. That's how I'm going to die uh, in a zip-up windbreaker with no zippers. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. Anyways, let's kick this one off, Tom. This one's called The Time. So after the land mm-hmm. is the time, we get this opening where the graphics, I'm not going to complain about graphics because I don't care about these things, but it looks like a history channel, um, like cartoon, computer animated thing where it's like mm-hmm. the earth came out of blah, blah, blah. It was created and uh, forests came and forests went and people came and people went and no one or the land in the sky didn't give two poops. Um, <laughs> and I was like, man, get Josh Brolin to narrate just about anything and it becomes dramatic like he's got a great narrator voice all we're supposed to know from this is like time comes and goes the land and the sky don't care got it thank you i'm in it this was had to be all for the idea of the very end right like doing the cgi of showing everything changing so rapidly just so we can get that little bit at the very end you think without it it would have been crazy weird you think it's related to the mountain disappearing yeah it's gotta be right like oh i didn't think that's the idea of Oh, really? Okay. I felt like if, if they didn't have this and the very end of this episode ended with the mountain disappearing, you wouldn't know what is going on because, yeah, clearly the earth changed over millennia, but I don't think I would have drawn that conclusion. I would have thought there's some other like supernatural thing going on with a mountain just disappearing, evaporating. See, I'm a little bit confused because the earth's only 4,000 years old. According to my beliefs, Tom. So I don't okay. really know how to respond to some of what you said, but we're friends and we agree to disagree on some things, and that's fine. Um, so from that standpoint, let's get into the kitchen at night and the Abbott family. They do a close-up on, you know, it looks like the surface of a planet, and you're, and then a spoon stabs into it. That is the weirdest look. I thought it was oatmeal, and then it's like, oh, it's yeah. ice cream. Grossest looking ice cream I've ever... Tom, can you take a stab? What flavor of ice cream is Abbott eating that looks like that? Or has Abbott replaced... Like, they kept an old carton of ice cream and it's just filled <laughs> with moldy oatmeal that he, like, really loves. I think... Uh, yeah, well, Amy comes in and she has a bite. I think on the side of the carton it says, like, mint chocolate chip. But this is not mint chocolate no. chip. It is, yeah, old-looking gross oatmeal. It wasn't even smooth. It was like... Oh, I don't. Yeah. It wasn't churned. It was chunky. It was not churned. No one, no one orders. <laughs> it's homemade. No one orders chunky ice cream. You order chunky peanut butter, not ice cream. <laughs> Anyways, I don't want to get into these debates. The world's four thousand years old. Chunky versus smooth. Who knows? Let's not get to this divisive here, Tom. You and I have been cats friends and dogs living together too long. Too long, my friend. So Royal and Amy have a discussion. He starts to tell a story. He's apparently told a bunch of times about how he never tried ice cream until he was 10. 
Amy should be like, hey, I got news for you, Grandpa. What you're eating is not ice cream. That's, <laughs> that's moldy co- cottage cheese. Like, <laughs> you still haven't had it. But That's been curdling in the freezer for months. <laughs> for months. <laughs> Sitting out on the counter. Amy asked him about why his leg was bleeding the other day. He lies to her, and uh, she can tell a liar, this Amy. She's, uh, she's a smart mm-hmm. little kid. She knows when Grandpa's mm-hmm. lying about what ice cream is and why his leg is bleeding. <laughs> Yeah. Then we're driving with uh, Sheriff Joy. I did enjoy this scene. I know I complained about the sheriff's storyline, but this was a fun scene. She goes into the convenience store, stops a robbery. She's super cool. Mm-hmm. Does some great policing. I mean, I wish she would have shot the guy, but I guess she did the next <laughs> best thing, which was pretty rough <laughs> to watch. Well, when he breaks that dude's arm, he like warns him multiple times, breaks it, and then that snap sound is just so brutal yeah i had to i had to turn it up i had to make sure surround sound was on just so i really <laughs> felt it in my bones um yeah sheriff joe's cool i liked her she's great she's snapping people's arms like a superhero winning elections is she that is she that good though man we've what established she's a broncos fan she's a broncos uh, fan that's strike one and two right there well she's laughing about the announcer complaining about the broncos quarterback situation which i mean listen Let's just say it's good that Elway is no longer their GM making terrible choices because maybe they've got <laughs> Bring a back chance. Tebow. But we're Cardinals fans, Tom, so what do we know about quarterbacks? Listen, super young quarterbacks, super talented, until they're not. No, we want the guys that have played on eight different teams and are just like <laughs> retiring out here. Bring us our Kurt Warners, bring us our Carson Palmers. We love an old vet in Arizona. We do. The guy in the backseat of the cop car starts talking about missing people. And I thought this was interesting because he tells a story. He's like, my cousin disappeared with six seconds, six months ago. And then he came back. And I was like, and she makes the point, did he love methamphetamine too? So she clearly doesn't believe yeah. him. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Are, uh, like people are disappearing into a hole, but I don't know that a guy that just like disappears in front of a person for six seconds... Well, so this is where the timey-wimey stuff kicks in. Okay. Because say somebody was on that mountain at the very end of this episode, and they shake hands, the mountain disappears. Does that person disappear with the mountain? Are they just falling out of thin air? Like, there probably is other things going on. Like, I don't think you... This episode establishes you don't have to necessarily fall in the hole to be affected by, you know, whatever's going on in this town. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So you chalk this up to this guy's a straight shooter. He's got a broken arm, but not a broken brain. <laughs> yes, I think so. So you're it on this guy's side. Do. So you're pro-criminal, Tom. <laughs> Let's just get your platform out there right now. Uh, listen, he was just shopping. He had a gun in his pocket. <laughs> he was just shopping. He hadn't, he hadn't stolen anything yet. He made it very clear he's going to get off on these charges. That's but true. But I thought it was interesting that they mentioned six seconds and six months. Like six, six. Okay. Like side of the devil-ish stuff. Don't okay. know if that means anything, but it's very odd to use both of those numbers. Okay. Six, six, six is the sign of the devil. Sixty-six. I something I've read once where it's only it's just two sixes, and then through like stories and stuff, it changed to be three sixes. Listen, I've been following the Bible code for the last four thousand years, ever since the Earth was <laughs> created, and it's always been six, six, six. So, okay. Um, you know, the the uh, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was thinking that uh, 66 was the same as 666. That's an old saying. Um, that'll make <laughs> okay. sense to, like, one other person. The Tillerson... Oh, the guy, the guy brings up that the Tillerson boy disappeared. So this is apparently on mm-hmm. everyone's radar, and we are a week into the missing person. This establishes the timeline. I think we're four days. I well, he says a week cause... ago the Tillerson left... And we're back on Rodeo Day. I'm assuming Rodeo Day is it like happens <laughs> same day of the week, like weekly. You know, every Friday night. I could be wrong, but I think when what's what's like the main Tillerson kid's name? Luke, the one that's all upset and trying to Luke. Luke's yeah, okay. still alive. So when Luke goes Trevor's in to dead. Wayne, Billy's the singer. They go sing. Okay. Um, when I think when he goes to confront his dad, he says it's been four days and we haven't heard anything. So okay. I don't. I think this guy in the car probably just got it wrong. Like it's been four days. It's roughly a week. But I okay. would take Luke's word over this methamphetamine attempted. Robbery. Oh, now he's okay. Now he's a criminal. <laughs> oh, oh, flip flopping Tom. They call him attempted criminal. <laughs> attempted criminal. I like when she's like, "That's why they call it attempted <laughs> robbery." That's a great line. 
we're at the station. We meet a gentleman by the name of Trudy Cole, who's talking to the other de- deputies. This must be the guy that's running against her. Is that my understanding? Yes, that was okay. my take. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so uh, he's talking, he's yucking it up with these other deputies. Uh, he's apparently works out in Lander. I went, I was going to look up where Lander is and find out whether or not it's a real place, but then I stopped caring. Uh, Joy's great. She's like, hey guys, who's got the better like program or whatever? And the, For cop, the yeah. cop being diplomatic is like, oh, they're both pretty good. And she's like, see, Mark likes mine better. And I thought that was all, <laughs> that was all fun. And then they sit down and Trudy Cole has some sort of input on um, Trevor missing, which I did not... I did not understand his concern. Did you get a sense of why this guy from another town is concerned? I feel like it's got to be the Tillersons. And like Luke it seemingly is kind of uh, heading up the investigation for the Tillerson family, already has this guy on the payroll. Or is maybe playing both sides, like with Joy and this Trudy guy, trying to make them both think like, hey, do me a favor if you want my vote or you want my you know, pull that I have in this town. Okay. Okay. That's fair. You think he's a, he's a, uh, he's in the Tillerson's pocket, as they say. Speaking <laughs> I of think Tillerson's, it was funny at the very ahead. end that, that Joy is like, as he leaves, like, Trudy's a girl's name. <laughs> I thought that was a little petty. That was, was petty, funny. but it was funny. I liked it. <laughs> We're back at the Tillerson's house. Luke's trying to convince his dad to care about Trevor missing. And you're right. This is, I, the four days thing, maybe it's like, hey, there hasn't been a call on his cell phone in four days. No no one's used yeah. his credit card, that that sort of thing. But yeah, you're right. Okay, so let's cut, let's split the difference. Let's say seven days. Between a week and four days, <laughs> we'll split the difference and say seven days. Since he's Good. Uh, missing, you and I are two guys that know how to compromise. Um, <laughs> and uh, did you... It's So it's Luke, it's Wayne, and... Is Billy there? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Billy's kind of in the background, and he's kind of he's taken Luke's side about like, hey, Dad, like you should pay attention. But he's very non-confrontational. He's trying to kind of play both sides a little bit. Right, right. He's a typical, he's a typical youngest of three, uh, which you know they're (laughs) they sing a lot and they're spineless. Tom, where do you fall in line? You have two brothers. Where do you fall in line? In Uh, on the third. Would you I'm consider the yourself three boys? Would you consider yourself a singer in spineless? You're a great uh, singer. Um, guilty listen, on one sing. account. <laughs> I'm probably guilty on the other. <laughs> no, you're not spineless. It shows how spineless I am. I just give in to that. <laughs> you get it. That's great. I should probably not clap in front of the microphone, but whatever. No, I love it. Royal. Listen, Will Patterson must have just had so much fun with this character because he is off the rails. He's like, out of nowhere, he transitions to, you know what? Go make Royal a million dollar offer for the West Pasture. And Luke's like, mm-hmm. why? We're we're going to win in, we're going to have a hearing in like a week. Mm-hmm. Why would we? And then he goes from hearing, which is a legal <laughs> um, procedure, to what animals have the best hearing? Bats. Bats like have ultrasonic <laughs> sexual communication, <laughs> and he does that noise. I was like, "This guy, what is?" I don't know if this is supposed to show us that he's like always been insane, or if his mind is like going. And Luke's got to be like, mm-hmm. "Well, I need to get my dad committed." I don't know. Do you think this is like recent? He's always been crazy, or do you think this is something that's developing as his as they've removed all this smut from the walls? I feel like it's a little column A, a little column for B. Like he's he's got these just super odd, seemingly sexual, like ways of making sense of the world. I don't I don't know. I don't know what to make of this guy, but I do think he's like in that first episode, you thought he was like on his deathbed, and I didn't think so. I thought he just had an oxygen tank, but what we see in his room, he's got a lot of like medical equipment. So I think I'm with you. I think this is a guy that realizes he's kind of towards the twilight of his his life and he's just letting it all hang out speaking of letting it all hang out this is a great transition (laughs) this is why i'm a professional podcaster if wayne finds the void (laughs) i have one guess as to what the first thing he thing he sticks into the void is going to be (laughs) i'll give you uh you can take all the time you want and guess however you want uh no we won't go there 
He, but he does mention we had talked about these kids' mother, whether or not the Tillerson boys had a mother. I mean, they obviously have a mother, but where she's at. So he does mention a mother that apparently he did not get along with. We don't know if she's still on this mortal plane, but um, he has some thoughts about Luke questioning him. I bet you're no, because like Luke... Luke thinks Wayne doesn't care about Trevor. And he's mm-hmm. like, he turns to Billy as he leaves and he's like, I'm not making Royal that offer, which I thought was an interesting... Interesting mm-hmm. choice because he just thinks what his father's crazy and that they're going to win through, uh, through lawyers. I think it's a principle of the thing. Like I don't, I don't know why because Luke was the one when he first told Royal about this. Like he was the polite one, seemingly like sorry about it. Yeah, he was like, hey, I'm sorry. This is what it is, kind of a deal. So she finds a rock, a mineral of some sort, which we kind of saw in the previous episode. But I feel like this one is unique. Like she pulls it out of the ground and it like you kind of hear some shimmering noises and she kind of like twists it and it almost looks like like topaz but like inside of it there looks to be like the little black rock that is on her necklace so i'm wondering if like there's little bits of that kind of necklace material which we'll kind of talk about here to, uh, probably toward the end of the episode i'm thinking that that symbol and the fact that she's finding like minerals there is this is maybe the spot of where another void appeared at some point like i don't think these voids are constantly appearing in this west pasture and in this area i think they've appeared in different parts potentially of the tillerson ranch so maybe that's why she's finding things that have essence of the whole at another place that has that abbott brand okay i like that here's how i'm going to trump that i'm going to say the signs that have been written are someone who's come through that void and been there in a different time period and are leaving time uh, like symbols through time to like hey dig mm-hmm. here go here do this do that beat that guy up at the bar you know all those things <laughs> that people do as they travel through time mm-hmm. we meet our buffalo again and she pulls an arrow out of it and that arrow was not very deep so <laughs> yeah, it could have just fallen out by its own i kind of blame the buffalo for not rubbing up against a tree to get rid of those uh, <laughs> get rid of those arrows Makes me think the buffalo might have done it himself just to gain some sort of sympathy. I don't know. Oh, wow. I'm just asking the questions people don't want to ask. That's all. (laughs) We then dive into some rap music, Tom. And this rap music took me clear out of Wyoming. I was like, what's going on? (laughs) I yelled at my children. I was like, hey, turn down your stereo. Um, They, of course, were not in the house because I would not watch this with my kids around. Um, But she's hitchhiking into town. And so... Hitchhiking, rap music. So you're music. Not, not a Kendrick Lamar fan? Uh, I liked when he played on the Lakers. Um, but, <laughs> I don't think that's the same guy. Oh, that wasn't the guy. He was married to a Kardashian, I thought. That's Lamar Odom. Oh! Another, another oh, Lamar. His brother. <laughs> same last name. No, but man, she's the, she's the cool, young, hippie chick. She's going to listen to some dope dope tunes. Okay. I do appreciate... like. I Do you like think she uses the term she's... dope tunes? <laughs> she, yeah, hippies love the term dope. <laughs> dope tunes. Um, both, both the word and the and, substance. Yes, that's correct. It was odd that she would walk into that pharmacy still with those like AirPods in and then like have a conversation with the pharmacist. Like The pharmacist clearly like asks her something and then she takes them out. So she was kind of spacing while she was sure. walking in. Sure. Well, speaking of spacing, and this is no judgment, uh, she gets a prescription from the pharmacy it is for Lamotrigine. Lamo Lamotrigine. You got it. Okay. Lamotrigine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, depends if you do the French pronunciation. Um <laughs> I looked this medicine up. It's for treating epilepsy, bipolar disorder, or it said low mood parentheses depression. So I don't know if we're using the term low mood or depression these days, but she now, by, say, by look this up, yeah. did you just go into your medicine cabinet and look at the side effects on your pill bottle? No, I Googled okay. it, and <laughs> Wikipedia uh, told me what it was, and then I called my doctor, and I was like, hey, <laughs> guess what? Give me some of this Give stuff. me some of this. Um, <laughs> but I did think she, she goes, because the pharmacist is like, hey, have you used this before? And she's like, not my first Lamode Trigine rodeo. <laughs> And she's like, gotta stay stable. And so I was like, okay, okay, okay. This is details we need, but no judgment. 
Um, she then walks outside. She and sees, I wonder if she's oh, been dealing, because uh, we established a little bit later that she doesn't have a, a good recollection of her childhood and things like that. And if she, depending on her circumstances of kind of growing up, she might have been like medicated to try to deal with this trauma as opposed to, I don't know necessarily how Royal dealt with the trauma of potentially being teleported to another time. But I think that's just, that's kind of what this is kind of telling us is that this is kind of how she's had to deal with it. But I don't think potentially moving forward, she may not necessarily need the medication because this is kind of proving that she's not a crazy person Well, or bipolar or whatever else it is. That's fair. And, and yeah, no, uh, once again, I, I think the other thing this does is it gives the audience a, Hey, is she a unreliable narrator in, mm, in sense yeah, that yeah. like, what does she see? How does she see the world? Once again, not a judgment on people that have, these types of things, but oh, of course, um, I think from a writer standpoint, they're like trying to be like, okay, like all the conversations she has with Royal, are they coming from a place of you know someone who is dealing with reality? So mm-hmm. that's what I thought of. We then go into the bar, and the bar is called what, Tom? Uh, it's the Handsome Gambler, which was my nickname in college. It was your nickname in college. You won mm-hmm. so much money gambling. On being the most handsome person in the room, and no, you have that wrong. I lost the most money, but I was the most handsome. No, 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 no. What I was gonna, my joke <laughs> was going to be, is that you gambled, um, but you took a dive every time. Uh, you gambled on someone else, and yeah. Anyways, we'll cut all this out because it doesn't make any sense. Ottoman Perry meet old sad sack himself. He's day drinking, uh, just so sad. <laughs> Everyone's like, she walks in, she goes, hey, is uh, Royal here? Now, Perry, I'm his son, cruel. Uh, This looks like a great place to day drink. And this gentleman at the other side of the bar says, hell yes to that. And the subtitles, (laughs) give this gentleman a name. Did you watch this with subtitles? Did you catch this guy's name? It gives this guy, his, apparently his name is Cupcake, which is funny because it was your nickname in college. My nickname in college. <laughs> I don't know how this Juilliard playwright knows so much about us. Um, it's almost like he went through the void and found out who we are and then went back. But yeah, I hope we get more of Cupcake because they gave him <laughs> a name. Such an odd detail. It's so, so weird. Um, Perry and Autumn talk. She... She's like, oh, I'm staying. And he's like, oh, how long are you going to stay? She's like, I'm not going to leave until I'm waiting for my sign. Um, Mm -hmm. He starts to almost, it feels like he's about to kind of tell her, hey, you need to leave. Our family's going through something. And she's like, oh, you're married. And he's like taken aback by that. And Mm -hmm. she's like, I just saw the wedding uh, ring. And so uh, it's the first thing that I thought to ask. And Perry immediately, old sad sack himself, goes into, I've been married for 10 years. She's missing. No one knows anything. <laughs> and it sounds like a threat. Like, I truly, I was like, oh, Autumn's this guy's next victim. This guy can't stop killing. That's all I thought. Like, did you get that same? I mean, clearly you did, because you and I are on the same wavelength at all times. <laughs> uh, you're you're tugging at these uh, Perry as a serial killer uh, strings, and I appreciate Sad sacks murdering everyone. That's all I have to say. Listen, he's lost his wife. He just murdered somebody. Yep. We don't know how many people, but we've seen at least one. He's an understandable, sad person. Yep. Yep. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Old Charlie Brown. <laughs> do, do, do. Do, do, do. Um, I don't I think that's how it goes. <laughs> Autumn. That <laughs> that's the, sad, the song that plays when Charlie Brown's sad and he's like head down walking. Or when George oh, Michael's that, head down uh, walking. I'm sorry. Okay. Right, we'll oh, insert that in post. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm not doing the editing on this one. Good luck. <laughs> Autumn gives some speech. She's like, Perry, listen. Sometimes it feels like you're in a dark room and you're just searching for the light. You're searching and you're searching and you start to give up. And then the light goes on. Nice. Which yeah. is clearly a reference to Thanos and the snap, correct? Oh, that's true. That's true. I thought it was about like the lighting system that the abbots have at the farm, where they snap on, snap off. Um, <laughs> the snapper. <laughs> oh, the snapper. I don't think you can use the term snapper anymore. Uh, unless you're talking about fish. <laughs> we go to the bus stop, and Amy gets picked up by Billy. Um, 
This is the worst bus stop, by the way. This this bus dropped her seemingly miles away from her home, and it dropped only her off. It's one thing if it dropped a couple kids off, and it's like equidistant to their farms or ranches or whatever. I do not understand this bus. Here's what's funny: is the bus drops her off, the bus drives straight in the direction she then walks. So, like, <laughs> yeah. stay on the bus, because the bus is going that direction. Like, what are we doing here? Like, if she'd gotten off and gone the opposite direction from where the bus is going, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Nope, bus continues that direction. Hey, bus driver, be a friend. Drop this young girl off as close to her home as possible. Nope. Listen, that bus driver is on the Tillerson's uh, Oh, you got him on, payroll. on the payroll. Who picks Amy up? A Tillerson boy. Billy. Billy. Our friend Billy. I don't know if you noticed this, and I think you turned me on to this, is um, the the necklace twirling that mm-hmm. um, Autumn is constantly doing, Amy is constantly doing. Let I haven't seen ask, Amy's necklace, though. Have, have we got a close-up of like what she's wearing? Well, that's what I was going to ask. There was never an exchange of necklaces, right? She just says something to Autumn about, oh, I like your necklace, right? There's, But mm-hmm. it's not like Autumn then gave, okay, okay. For some reason, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had like made a scene up in my mind where Autumn gives her a necklace. No, Amy twirls the necklace in the same way Autumn twirls her necklace. I'm assuming they are the same person. Um, they're both <laughs> their names. Both of their names have an Start M in it. with A's. No. Oh. oh, wait. Oh, yours made more sense, actually. Let's go with yours. <laughs> Billy's singing. Billy, sing- Billy doesn't turn on the radio. This is how brave Billy is. He doesn't sing <laughs> along with the radio. He keeps the radio off, and he sings. The other things he does with what I'm assuming is like a 9 or 10-year-old girl in the car is he offers her tobacco, which most people would do. Um, shows, <laughs> her, shows her a gun in the glove box, uh, and then sings. And he sings what song? He sings us, uh, what's it, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, I believe? Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac's a it's great, great song. band. Great band. Now, I've been told, so this is three episodes in. We've gotten uh-huh. three songs. Okay. I'm very hopeful that this continues, that we get a song in every single episode from Billy. Um, I was told by my wife that this gentleman is also an actor on the show Shit's Creek. Uh, and apparently does a lot of singing on Shit's Creek as well. Or, oh, or at least some singing. I'm not sure exactly um, what. What's the... Um, I think he's like the main guy's boyfriend, I believe. Yeah, main guy's boyfriend. Uh, oh, yeah. how do I not remember him? It's I've never Eugene seen the show. Levy's My wife son loves it. And the one lady's brother and the one lady's son. Uh, <laughs> his name is Dave? I'm going to so David. His name is David. His character's name is David. Okay. And this guy, yes, because David runs like a boutique shop. And this guy like helps him from a business manager, and then they fall in love. So your wife is correct. That's great. I'm glad she picked that up. Shit's. Nice. I'm sorry. How do you say it? Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek. Okay. You can't say it too many times. I think they got like in trouble on like the Emmys when they kept winning, and they had to like stop saying their name oh, because that's it sounded funny. too close to other things. That's funny. <laughs> we also get Billy giving the line to Amy. Maybe Trevor's with your mom somewhere, and she's like, "What?" Hmm. And I thought this was weird. Like, does Billy assume Trevor's dead and that her mom is also dead? Like, he clearly doesn't think they're, like, in cahoots. But is this is the assumption? They're both dead? I think the idea is that both are just missing right now. Like, there's no bodies. There's nothing like that. They're both missing. So he's just, he's trying to be optimistic. I don't know. This is his way of being optimistic with a child and saying maybe they're together. I'm not sure. It's, it's a big movie. I thought it was optimistic and it meant they were dead. I wonder if Dreams by Fleetwood Mac is a song about someone dying, like because that would be on the nose, right? Mm-hmm. If that's what he thinks, I don't know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Cecilia's checking out of the store. She forgets her cereal. She thinks she sees Rebecca. Um, was it just me, or did Rebecca look like Autumn in a hat driving a truck? 
Did you uh, did you no. think no? You didn't I think that at all? Okay. They didn't give us a good look, but I mean, this has to be Rebecca, right? Like we're we're gonna get Rebecca in this show. Or, yeah, do, it, or do you think we're not? No, no, no. I mean, it did seem weird for it not to be Rebecca. Although later she's like, it wasn't her. But like, isn't that what you just tell yourself? So well, she I don't doesn't know. know, right? Right. She doesn't know about the whole the time stuff. Like if uh, it's kind of interesting if she said that and Royal doesn't like play it and say like like get really weird about it, thinking like though that could be true because he would be the one that probably would be the most suspicious of that. Right. So, but right. yeah, she's got to appear at some point. I would hope so. Otherwise, she's dead. Royal and Rhett are <laughs> fixing the fence. They are using some fancy contraptions. And it came to me at this moment, the gentleman who plays Rhett, the actor, his name is Lewis Pullman. And I thought to myself, Pullman, he's an actor. Do you know whose son this is? It's Bill Pullman. Yeah. I saw this in the outline, and I never made this connection. But once once I saw this, I'm like... He's a spitting image of his father. Yeah. And they're at the fence, and he's like, we will not go quietly into the night. He gave the whole <laughs> Independence Day speech, one of the greatest speeches, uh, other than the Gettysburg Address, one of the greatest speeches the president <laughs> has ever given. Uh, we find out that Rhett is riding tonight. They get into an argument mm-hmm. about like the crazy decisions that Royal's making. We find out that like Rhett thinks that Royal thinks Perry's weak or soft and... Royal's like, nah, not it's not that, and they get into a little bit of a, a of a tiff. Yeah, he's like, your kids are like, you guys are different, and you talking to Rhett like you're more like me, um, seemingly with like following in his footsteps with the bull riding and just his general attitude. I do appreciate though in this whole sequence how they're like mending this fence and seemingly fixing the barbed wire. But it seemed like a very specific task that they had to, like, teach these actors how to do. I don't know how to do barbed wire fencing, but the way they kind of had these tools and were tightening them, I thought it was kind of interesting that the actors went through, like, learning that task as opposed to them just, a lot of shows like this will just have them, like, hammering something. Just very generic, but this was a specific task. Tom, I think I'm on the same wavelength in the sense that all I could think about was, I don't know if you ever saw the old old uh, Will Ferrell, George W. sketch where he's on his ranch and he's and like camera opens up and he's got a pickaxe and he's tapping the top of a post which is the wrong tool for like the wrong job and he's like oh hey you just got me over here mending my fence and like it's clearly like this guy's never done manual labor and it's a joke based on all those times that like George W. went back home like for some R&R in his ranch and he's like driving around like doing ranch work and stuff uh, yeah. Anyways, that's all I could think that's about fun. was Will Ferrell as George W. being like, "Hey, you got me mending my fence." That's a terrible <laughs> impression, but man, he was great at that. We're back at the ranch house. We find out the Cil- Cecilia can't pray anymore. Her prayer bone is broken. Um, <laughs> she just can't do it. It's a concern for her. Um, no, I'm so. not very religious. Is that is that a thing? Can your can your prayer bone break? Yeah, 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 your prayer bone can break, and the only way to... Now, where is your prayer bone? What is your prayer bone connected to? Uh, your heart. Uh, it's <laughs> your heart bone? Your heart bone. And the only <laughs> way to mend it is uh, to send money to the TV preacher that uh, mends broken heart bones. Okay. The one that's the one that's been hanging out with the hockey players. I won't give the real line. That's such a great line from uh, Christmas Vacation. If only we hadn't sent all our money to the TV preacher with the hockey players. That's such a great line. Anyways, uh, she's mad at Royal because Royal doesn't show enough concern here. Uh, And her faith is breaking down. She's having a moment. She's like, this is important to me. And I appreciated Royal's like, I don't like, what do you want me to say? I don't know what to do in this situation. He's like, I sent money to the TV preacher for you. I don't know (laughs) how we're supposed to mend this. Um, he was being very like he could have been more supportive in this moment oh, I knowing agree. how much this means to her and they do a lot of cuts and i don't know if it's the beginning of this scene or later they do cuts constantly to this um i don't know embroidered thing she has on the wall about something about it's a religious thing like believe in thou or do you remember what it says yeah i think it says like lord reveal yourself or something like that reveal yeah. yourself to us which is just yeah, so she's kind of constantly looking at it. But, yeah, you, you figure Royal would have been a little bit more <laughs> helpful in this situation, but he's got other things on his mind and seemingly 
doesn't well we know at this point from his character's perspective he is not he doesn't care much for for the man upstairs yeah you need i don't know like royal you got to think of it this way like one of us has got to be on that guy's good side, you know? So, like, <laughs> if you're not going to be, you at least want your wife to be on his good side. And maybe, you know, by just proximity, you get a little bit of grace, too. But Royal doesn't see it Or that her way. good side. Or her good side. Oh, sorry. Yes. Forgive me. <laughs> Forgive me. Uh, you can reach us at TeamBingePodcast <laughs> at gmail.com or tweet at us at TeamBinge. Uh, we'd love all of your god and gender arguments Whew, that's gonna be fun you read those we're back at the rodeo show i'm assuming they call it rodeo shows royal's getting ready uh ret ready getting ret ready royal is getting ret ready royal is getting ret ready <laughs> he's taping his wrists like any bull rider should um he's making sure he's drinking his fifth natty light and sheriff joy walks up and she wants to talk to ret and royal's like listen he's just about to ride you know and she's like, no, I just need to talk to Rhett. And Royal is a great casual murder accomplice. And I mean this in the sense that she goes, uh, I need to talk to him about Trevor. And Royal, without missing a beat, is like, oh, what? They find him in Vegas? Like, he, like, just real good. Real good. Mm-hmm. If I ever murder someone again, I definitely want Royal on my side. Because... Listen, you need to follow your thread. If Rhett or... So this is the first time that Rhett is seemingly having to cover up a murder, but we know that uh, the other son's been murdering Harry. like crazy, right? Oh, so this is not Tom. Royal's first rodeo of trying to, you know, be a good accomplice. Oh, he's you think he's been covering for Perry for years, through time. Years, decades. Through decades time. <laughs> They've been hopping through holes. Mur- the time murderers, they call them. They're being chased I don't by know the if time you know bandits. This, but this show is actually based off that Jackie Chan movie called Time Cop. Is that this it? is a Western version of Time Cop. Time Cop, I'm pretty sure, is Jean-Claude Van Damme, my friend. I don't think it's Jackie Chan. Is it Jackie Chan in that? No, I'm pretty sure it's Jean-Claude. Oh, I'll look it up now. All right, oh. the J... Either way, good time. Jean-Claude, J-V-C-D? J-C-V-D. J- is that what it is? Um, no, it is a J-C-V-D joint. Boom. The length of time Royal stands there, like, <laughs> it's very, like, poignant because... You feel like he wants to say things to Rhett, like be like, "Hey, when you talk to her, like don't do mm-hmm. like," but he can't because she's just standing there, and like they, I don't know. Typically, TV shows they're like so, and this is you and I growing up on like network television. Yeah. It's like let's get this done. We gotta like, but this one mm-hmm. took the time to like. I was like, and part of you is like, is Royal gonna say something? Is Royal gonna like <laughs> wink at him? Is Royal gonna do like yeah. what's Royal doing here? <clears throat> Which I thought was pretty interesting. I love the the silence though, where it's just like silence. All right, he just yeah. kind of says all right, all right. and then walks away. Walks away. <laughs> I do think it's also kind of a little odd that she would, as Joy, the sheriff, clearly she needs to talk to him. Understandable, but to kind of force this conversation right before he's got to ride, and even when Rhett gets on the bull and starts to potentially ride. It seems like they make eye contact like right before they release yeah. the bull. When it's he's just kind of weird. When, I don't... when he's in the shoot, she walks over directly <laughs> across from him and gives him the old police eye. The old, are you a murderer <laughs> police eye? The sheriff eye, sure. I'm sorry, acting sheriff eye. Um, <laughs> while he's on. I don't know if it's just like, hey, he's probably all amped up. Like She's trying to throw him off his game. She's like, oh, if yeah. I get in his head now and he writes poorly, I know he's a murderer. Well, guess what, mm. Sheriff Joy? He's not a murderer because he is the he greatest ride of his life. We find out that uh, Rhett, unsurprisingly, based on... As I watched the show, this this fact did not surprise me at all. But Rhett uh, had a DUI a year before. <laughs> and that's why yeah, they yeah, have surprise, his surprise. DNA. Every time they, he's like, I want to go get the truck. I'm like, you've had seven tequila shots. Why are you driving? <laughs> Or like when he leaves Maria, I'm like, I don't think this guy's calling a cab or an Uber. So no. what are we doing here? But anyways. Yeah. He tells Royal right before he gets on the bull uh, that they know about the belt buckle, that his blood's on it. Oh, here was my question. Do they know the blood is Rhett's or is this a ploy? Because she doesn't tell Luke. Like Luke comes in later and she like puts him off. She's like delaying it. I guess she's just trying not to reveal 
too much to Luke. Did you get the sense that she is trying to play Rhett here to see if he'll commit to something? It's a weird thing, but like, because the buckle's still in her drawer in a bag. You know what I mean? Like, I can't remember. I don't remember what the timing is, but there's at some point she finds out that it is Rhett's blood, right? Oh, she is it when does. she walks in she the sheriff station and that later. guy that always talks to her tells her that? Did I just miss that? Maybe that's what it is. I, I, that would be my guess. But either way, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. Like, she's she's fishing right now. She doesn't have anything. And, like, this whole idea with the belt buckle, we can get into a little bit later when Royal ultimately steals it. But, I mean, this can't be admissible as evidence in anything. Like, you, you couldn't use this in court if it was taken out of the scene of the crime at the you know, the victim's brother's house for an extended period of time. So I thought that was it was kind of interesting that they made such a big ploy, uh, ploy about getting this piece of evidence away. I but agree. I'm not a lawyer. I, I focus mainly in bird law. No, you... I thought you were a... Uh, I thought you were a maritime law guy. Well, I meant a little bit of maritime and then a little bit of Charlie Day bird law. Charlie Day bird law. <laughs> Listen, you compared me to Charlie Day I know last I did. I know. I was going to make he's another a good comment. bird lawyer. Oh, is that is that his focus? You're not a Cherith cute story, a maritime lawyer, uh, like no. Michael on Arrested. Red has a great ride. Did you expect him to fall? How did you think this was going to go? The way the music was kind of queuing up, I, I felt like it was like they're kind of playing it where he was going to be frazzled and shaken and was not going to survive this. But he crushes it. He gets all eight seconds, hops off uh, very eloquently, and I do appreciate the way he like. Immediately looks at the scoreboard in half a second. Like to your point about letting the the awkward silence between Royal and Rhett like play out, they let no time play out to see the scoreboard just light up. It was a bit comical. Those judges could not hit A plus bull ride <laughs> fast enough. They were like, give that guy all of the A pluses. Also, this was like his third ride of the night, so we didn't see yeah, they did say any that. of those mm-hmm. other ones, which I thought was interesting. So he was getting taped up for the third bull ride. Um The announcer does make a comment. He's like, this is Rhett Abbott. I feel like I've been watching him his whole life. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, he's been doing this for 10 years, and he's at tops 25? Like, how old do we think? (laughs) So, yeah, you have been watching him, Bride, your whole life. But I don't know what it takes to be a rodeo announcer, and I don't want to judge. The music in the show, I did notice there's a music cue here that is, like, pretty good. Um, pretty good to great, as the book says. <laughs> but there's a couple of times during this episode where it's like a... I would relate it almost to, like, Stranger Things, but not, like, the Stranger Things theme song. Like, some of the music mm-hmm. that plays during the tense moments of Stranger Things. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what what creates this music, but there are there's a ton of times during the show where I'm like, oh, like, the music is telling you how to feel and it's working because it's stressing me out or like weirding me well, out. Stranger Things has a, like that synthy vibe. Right? right. It's like the earlier seasons did because it was all like eighties, but I'm with you. Like the way it sets the tone in this, um, I, I do think that's what makes a really good show is, is good music. Oh, it can certainly add to it. that's for sure. We're back at mm-hmm. the honky tonk and mm-hmm. the rest is a different honky tonk, right? So this is not the same bar. That they no, would, this is not the, the murder. The if you pit will. bar. This is still the handsome gambler. Yeah, this is the handsome gambler, not the pit bar. Okay. He pops a couple of cowboy candies, um, <laughs> which are painkillers. Uh, Bull Rider's best friend, he says. And which I mean, come on, these are performance enhancing drugs, right? Let's test this guy. I mean, test him. if he's got a prescription for painkillers, <laughs> I think he's he's in the the free and clear. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I will say he's had at least five beers and he's taken those painkillers. That's going to mess you up. He's he's not a big mm-hmm. dude. Like That's going to probably <laughs> no. put you on the floor. And but speaking put him of, on the floor yeah. in a second. <laughs> speaking of uh, putting someone on the floor, he asked her to dance on the dance floor. And I really actually enjoyed this moment because he bumps into the guy. The guy. The guy bumps her as he's passing by very mm-hmm. gently. He says, sorry. He then Rhett, like gets all, he cowboy up. He's, I'm sure that's the term. He cowboy ups. And I thought, like, I was like, oh, is this going to be dumb? Is he going to, like, fight for her honor? Is this, like, going to mm-hmm. be one of those almost like a CW show would do, just, like, over the top? <laughs> but it's better. He, like, accosts this guy, falls over, and the guy just moves on with his day. He's like, all right, buddy, like, yeah. you're an idiot. And then he keeps walking. I thought it was great. 
I thought it was yeah. so great. I'm with you. I definitely thought it was going to be another altercation. I'm like, okay, well, this guy is just a jerk now at this point. But yeah, the falling over and the guy just letting it go was pretty funny. He's like, guess what? I'm going to punch you. Then my older brother's going to come murder you. My dad's going to throw <laughs> you in a hole just like we did to that. Never mind. Forget everything I just said. There's a lot of there a lot of kissing going on between Marie and Red outside. Red then makes the great choice of, before getting to his car, peeing on a cop car. Um, and I believe this is the same Mark gentleman who liked both people's canine uh, programs. And <laughs> sure enough, we're back at the sheriff's station because Rhett mm-hmm. can't get out of his own way. Um, but I will say peeing on the cop car probably saved him from a second DUI. That's just, well, you know, we're third, fourth, fifth. We don't know what sure. number. Sure. Guy can't stop. Don't drink a drive. Don't drink and drive. Even don't if you're a cowboy. Idiot. Yeah. Even don't. if your brother murdered somebody and your dad threw him down a pit. Don't don't drink and drive. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. And that is public announcement number one with <laughs> we should cut in uh your commercial right after this. Do, 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 do. That's some more you know music. There you go. Write down the time so you can cut in the commercial. Um nah. <laughs> Sheriff's <laughs> office, Rhett's arrested, Joy's releasing him, she wanders in. I didn't really understand. There must be some great Lloyd love between Sheriff Joy and this family. Like they must just go, you know, back a ways because she's given them the benefit of the doubt that he didn't murder Trevor. She's like giving him she when he was like, Oh, I don't know what happened, she didn't press him that hard. Um mm-hmm. she's gonna let him go. Well, I don't tonight. think she has she doesn't have much at this point, so I think she's kind of playing, like, slow playing it, seeing if he can kind of catch anybody in a lie or mm. a contradiction later on. Which she on. does. But, Good. yeah, I, I think she does have some affinity for this family, and I think it, we don't know what the backstory is, if she grew up with the family or knew them, knew the kids or whatever, but I think she at least, if nothing else, has sympathy for them based on Rebecca disappearing because she was in their kitchen talking to him about like, Hey, it's been nine months. The feds are not going to be here, but I'm going to still be here. So I think that's maybe where it is and trying to give the family a break, if you will. Got it. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm with you. And this is also, like you said, she's trying to kind of see where people are at and see if they'll slip up and, um, Mm -hmm. she's showing mercy to him. So, and maybe this is a cop thing, show mercy to him. And then all of a sudden he starts talking about what happened to Trevor admits to getting into a fight you know, he leaves it. I bloodied his nose and left him standing and shouting in the parking lot. And that's the, you know, that's the last of it. And she's like, so no one saw this. And this is, mm-hmm. I think, the big, this is where it's going to come and bite him. Because there were mm-hmm. two other witnesses. Um, and once the story gets bigger and outside of one person, it's tough to control. But, yeah. And those people were maria and perry maria and perry right because like Mm -hmm. perry was clearly out there at the time and then we see maria look through the window and kind of out of the bar and kind of see them and i get like my sense is like maria is going to be the one to spill the beans right like that's why they're kind of bringing in this like love interest and all that kind of thing so maybe they're going to get close and then maria might you know kind of mess this up I don't know. Maria seems really savvy to me. I think she... Mm-hmm. I don't think she's going to talk to the police about this. I think she's going to hold okay. on to this. She seemed extremely unconcerned when she walked out there and he was beating <laughs> on Luke. Like, she did not say anything to him. She didn't seem to care. I'm pretty sure she walked back inside, like, didn't even check if <laughs> Luke was okay. So... Yeah, uh, I get the sense that there's um, some steel in Maria. Yeah, this is where he steals the belt buckle. And again, stealing the belt buckle, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, And maybe this is how, I don't know, future Luke finds out about it. Like he finds the belt buckle, bloody belt buckle later on. Like, I, I don't know. He's obviously already suspicious of, of Royal and the whole family. But I do think it's an odd choice to just say, this is a solution for everything. It doesn't even clean it. It's still bloody when he tosses it in. Like, throw some Windex on there. Yeah, you know, take dip, some it dip it in bleach. Dip it in bleach, yes. Clearly, you and I have murdered people before because <laughs> we were thinking about the same thing. Um, or ammonia, I think, is what you spray on it. The thing I felt was funny is they should just do a bunch of cutscenes of, like, what else Royal throws in the void. He like <laughs> he like breaks Cecilia's favorite vase, and then he's just like throwing the pieces in the void. Or Ooh. we're at Frank's house, 
and Joy's talking. Oh, and Frank is the head of the Chambers of Com- Chambers of Commerce. So she's got to talk to Frank because she's running an election. This guy, mm-hmm. he's feeding a crow. He starts telling a story about the south end of his property, <laughs> there being caves, and one of his guys finds a mastodon. And I was very confused. Does the guy actually find a mastodon? What what what's happening here, Tom? Explain to me. As the I writer like... of this show, Tom, explain to me what's <laughs> happening here. This this episode ends with like well, and it starts with the crazy idea that well, not crazy idea, but the i um, the premise that forests grow, men grow, or come and go, and and there's just constantly being replaced and replaced and replaced. So like it kind of starts laying the groundwork for you know a past potentially coming to the future, and not necessarily us just using the void to go forward. It could potentially go backward. So I think the idea would be okay. There's been mastodons, and this isn't just the first time that people have discovered mastodons. They're you know, Native Americans had found them at certain points and have, have said they're alive. So I think it's just kind of playing more with the time element. But I also think it's kind of goofy. Like, I looked up a picture of Mastodon. It looks just like any old, like, uh, elephant. So the idea that somebody would know specifically that this is a Mastodon um, seems a little bit, not far-fetched per se, but a little bit unique. I thought a Mastodon was like a furry elephant. Like, doesn't have a coat Yeah, it kind of kinda is, but... Yeah, but I, I I still don't know. Like if, an elephant in a, in a fur coat. <laughs> yeah. A fur coated elephant, they call them. That's the that's the the Latin name Mastodon means fur coated elephant. Well, I mean that's why they all went extinct. All those cavemen kept killing them and then wearing the furs and then the other cavemen start throwing sure. the paint on them. It was a whole thing. Yep. Throwing the paint. Yep, that's right. And global warming, <laughs> it got too warm and they refused to take off their coats, so they died. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, global warming. Um <laughs> I thought here's what I got from this conversation. My my con my my what I got from what he was saying is that there have been times where other things have come through the void at random, like that buffalo mm-hmm. or like these mastodons. And like what he's pointing out is that through time, because I'm assuming mastodons, like they probably shared the earth uh with humans, but within the last four thousand years. <laughs> couldn't do it um, and, um, anyways so i don't know what they're like what their era is as he says but i do like that he explains that and sheriff is like yeah i know what it is um but i guess my my thought was like he says like these things appear through history like the native americans saw him like other people have rumored mm-hmm. to see them and so i thought like what he was saying is and what the show was telling us is that there are times other things come through this void, like these voids appear and things from the past come through them. And like they become like urban legends or legends or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I thought this was getting at. But I had the same reaction that Sheriff Joy does as she's driving back where she's just like, what was that guy talking about? And why do I need his yeah. boat? More importantly, we it was co- a weird conversation. It was a weird conversation. I did like his crows, though. Um, he had a murder of crows. <laughs> We're then at Autumn's campsite. Royal and Autumn are having a conversation. Royal wants to start o- over. He starts asking Autumn about, like, hey, why'd you ask about, do I remember anything? And Autumn brings up that she didn't remember anything before age nine, to your point, because she had some sort of trauma, some sort of accident, and she woke mm-hmm. up in the hospital and only knew her name. Which, once again, if you came through the void at nine... And that was like traumatic, and you woke up in the hospital. I don't know. Is Autumn and Royal are these guys nine year old travelers that are just trying to live their lives now? I don't know. I don't know how it works. Well, and they give her the last name of Rivers, which I think is also just seemingly a very generic last name that she might have just taken. Uh, right. Whether it was from whoever raised her, or maybe she just kind of took it as a, a new last name. But I, I, I still like the idea. Um, that you're pushing of potentially her being the younger sister. Speaking of pushing, he asked her why <laughs> she pushed him. And she says uh, <laughs> she pushed him because she needed to know what would happen. Uh, Autumn, not wanted, needed. Needed. Which is an interesting line. Yeah, it's interesting. Autumn's still not a good reason. If you really need to know, <laughs> jump, in there, jump in there yourself. Don't push yeah. a nice old man who's got a family <laughs> into the void. Even though he did just throw a body. I guess maybe... 
Maybe he's not a nice, <laughs> nice old man. He's a little bit murdery, but whatever. Anyways, you you get what I'm saying. He's got he's got a nice face. She's like, Royal, for what it's worth, I, I'm sorry, and I'm really glad you're back. <laughs> and then he, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Fred. He asks her to keep quiet and to leave his family alone. And she, she once again, Imogen, if that's how you say her name, Miss Poots, uh, really great job just as an actress. Like, mm-hmm. she, because this, this, they push in on her face and she's like, she's like, okay, but. I'm going to need more than that. I'm going to need, you know, mm-hmm. more than you letting me stay here to keep quiet. She's like, I need to know what happens when you go into the void. What happened to you? And he mm-hmm. starts to kind of explain like, hey, you know, same place. I was here, but it was different. And she's like, the past? And he's like, no. She's like, the future? I do like, it's like, <laughs> we got two options here. Like, what's, what's happening? <laughs> An alternate timeline? I don't know. Um, she very immediately grasps that he traveled through time. So that gives me the mm-hmm. thought that maybe she's already in on like the time travel aspect of the void. I don't know. Did I mean, she got to that so quickly and without any disbelief. Is she just a believer? Like, did that hit so, you at all? Yeah, it did. Cause I, 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 like we've kind of theorized, I think she knows more than she's leading on. Clearly she has her secret. She said it in the first episode, but I don't know if she understands at all. Like she has an idea, but she's there to try to learn more about it. And we get in the sequence of actually finally seeing her necklace close up. And her necklace is, looks like the whole, like the same organic kind of material, kind of like shiny and shimmery Shimmery. and moving. Uh, It is on her necklace and she's kind of, that's what we've seen. She's constantly touching it and moving it. When she eventually like shakes Royal's hand, she shakes Royal's hand with, the hand that she was touching her stone with. So maybe something with that stone, it's like the essence of this void or this abyss. And when they shook hands, that's what kind of caused that riff of the mountain kind of disappearing in the background. And I think that's what these other stones are that she's kind of pulling up. They're more like essence of this, of this void. And what we see in that time jump in a couple of years, all the other people of her like cult, if you will, were wearing those same necklaces. So I think she's, fashioning more pieces of of that hmm. because i don't know if you can i forgot about this too when when he sticks his hand in the void and pulls it out they do a quick shot of his hand yeah. and, it, and his arm it's all covered in the black yeah. stuff that's like kind of slowly Moving. fading away yeah. so i almost kind of feel like it might have like went into him as opposed to just kind of disappearing and fading it might have actually like became a part of him oh like um the uh who venom like the stuff that's on venom it yes, went inside of him. yes okay very cool i've never seen that movie but yeah i i i mean they close up on the necklace i'm with you i don't know what's happening i'm as confused as anyone uh <laughs> because a mountain disappears and here's here's where i was at at this point like i like small mysteries so, like, if you have supernatural things happening to, like, a small group of people, like, that to me in my mind is believable because, mm-hmm. like, people aren't filming it. Like, it's not a media frenzy. Like, you can't do a bunch of, like, and you're also questioning, okay, are these people, like, is this real? Are they imagining it? Like, that to me. A plausible but, deniability. Like, sure. But when a mountain disappears and then we find out, like, people are calling the sheriff's office. I'm like, ah, the mystery's getting away from us a little bit, guys. Like, how are we going to, mm-hmm. like, are we going to land this? Like, or are we just going <laughs> off the rails? That's where my, when the mountain disappeared, because my hope was, like, the sheriff saw it. They, like, Royal saw it. But mm-hmm. then they bring, hey, everyone's saying a mountain disappeared. And I'm like, oh, no. Where are we Where are we go- going with this? Well, I'm still interested. I still want to see. This is also at the same time where Luke shows up and he's like, hey, I want to know about the uh, the belt buckle. I know it's blood. I know it's Rhett's blood. And she looks down and the belt buckle's missing in the drawer. Like, in a typical time travel show, it would be like if Royal and Autumn touch, they change something in time that, like, changes reality. Like, you can't mm-hmm. meet yourself or whatever. You can't, like, change... Right. And so when they do that, but a mountain disappears. So I don't know them shaking hands is like in the in the past. 
they were miners. I feel like that it's blew just something with dynamite. I don't know. Like <laughs> you know, I I don't know. Yeah, my my thought is it's something to do with just like the essence of like because we've kind of talked about like what's going on in the void seems to be some sort of organic material. Like it's moving. It, it seems to kind of have not a mind of its own, but it's like trying to attach itself to stuff. Like it was crawling up uh, Royal's arm when he put his hand in there. And I still think like the fact that she was kept playing with it and then used that hand to shake him. I think it was almost just like a glitch in the matrix kind of a thing where that like energy just kind of like clashed and it took away that. Mm. I don't know if it's to draw any conclusions that we're trying to go way back in time or whatever, because clearly a mountain disappearing would be millions of years um, in the past. Or future, we don't know. Or for But I'm with you. I, I had the same sentiment. It was cuckoo bananas when that happened, and I thought the same thing. I'm like, this is a little bit too big. I'm still in on this central mystery, but I, I'm I share your sentiment hundred percent where I like it a little bit more contained. If it gets a little bit too big, then it might go off the rails. But again, last episode we saw them move forward two plus years in the future. And there was a government there. There was a cult there. There's a bunch of people there. So the idea would be maybe maybe the cult or the other people that are there are the ones that are going to really buy into the mystery of this mountain going away. And they also have family that disappeared for six seconds. So there's like a subset of people that are following uh, Autumn's character and, you know, doing whatever they're doing with the hole in two plus years. Right, right. Something very significant then happens. The, so the so Amy goes for a hike. The mountain comes. The mountain's back. Mountain's only gone for a second. Amy comes back for a hike. She's hiking on the trail, and Trevor's body appears on the trail. Not the mm-hmm. same mountain, right? She's not hiking no, on the mountain that disappeared so. and showed up. Okay, so his body just shows up, and then we get Royal calling Joy to say they found the body, and Trevor is dead. Now, <laughs> why doesn't he just go get the body and throw it back in the void again? Why is he well, calling the sheriff? Amy, because the, the daughter saw this happen. He's not going to try to have Amy lie or hold this or anything like that. I think he realizes that's going to get away from him and that's not going to work. So he realizes at this point, like it's been long enough. It's I don't know how they're going to go about hiding it, if you will. But I, he realized he couldn't just continually throw this body in the void. Can I ask you a question? How Please. much, and this is, this is just a, a general question that curious about how much do you think amy weighs uh let's give her 60 pounds okay would you consider amy like uh how do i put this a loose end throwable a loose end (laughs) uh for royal uh no amy is a treasure okay she can pick up liars she is thirsty though Water's not free. That's true. Water is not free. Um, certainly not in the <laughs> desert. Um, here's my thought. Royal throws Trevor back through the void. And then mm-hmm. if Amy uh, can't be bribed with ice cream, Amy goes through the <laughs> void. And problem solved. And then we just got a weird guy with his arm broken in the back of the cop car in a week going, hey, the Tillerson boy disappeared. That Amy kid disappeared. Rebecca disappeared. That Perry guy's been a sad sack, and his hands are always <laughs> bloody. What's going on with him? Anyways. Yeah, uh, I didn't understand why he called the... I think they would have done a family meeting of like, hey, we found Trevor's body. Uh, Amy, can you Again. go... Yeah, can you go check something outside? And then Royal's like, hey, guys, uh, bad news about Amy. Um, <laughs> I'm going to throw her in the void. And they're like, what's the void? And he's like... All right, I'm going to have to throw all of you in the void. And it's just a cutscene of Roy throwing every member of his family through the void. Problem solved. Problem solved. Everybody go into the void. All right. Listen, we have different uh, ideas on how to solve this. And I. this is why we're friends. I appreciate your ideas. No idea is a bad idea. <laughs> just throw it in the void. No idea gets thrown in the void. That's, that's, that's where I'm at right now. Um, no, that's great. I... Uh, I'm interested. I'm confused, but I'm interested. <laughs> Once again, we'll see how it all goes. It's been well reviewed. People have liked it, so mm-hmm. uh, clearly they can't. You know, people wouldn't like a bad show, right, Tom? Well, didn't uh, I feel like in the last episode we had a conversation about Wayne's story of like 
the unknown and never being satisfied sure. by the unknown maybe kind of think about like a show that like the ride is really fun but the end isn't great like i felt like that kind of oh. hit, hit his like theme a little bit i don't think that's gonna you happen think in we're this, all wayne tillerson's here huh okay that's <laughs> yeah. fair all right well i have been wayne tillerson of team binge uh you have been wayne tillerson of team binge no, we appreciate all of you for joining us. Um, once again, love the theories. Send them over to us. Our email is teambingepodcast.gmail.com or you can hit us up on Team Binge. Um, also, our back catalog, if you're interested at all. We went through the after party as well as Ted Lasso, and we are still waiting on the third season of Ted Lasso. Um, but mm-hmm. we appreciate all of you that are riding the range with us on this yes. one. And if you're so inclined and you enjoy the podcast, please uh, use your favorite podcast app and send us a review. We always appreciate that. Helps get us uh, more recognized. We can help share the love. But uh, always a good time. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Tom. I have been Julian. And I have been Rancher Tom. Rancher Tom. Signing off. Signing off. Have a good night.